right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another session of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. And I have a very special guest today, Mr. Ryan Hay. Ryan, how are you, brother? I am doing outstanding, man. Nice, nice. I'm super excited to have you on uh, the show. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks since before NRA. Um, talked about it a little bit earlier today. Had some technical difficulties, and but we're finally here. We made it, and we're going to do it. Hell yeah. Microsoft, you suck. <laughs> so, Ryan, for everybody out there that uh, does or doesn't know you, Ryan is the man over at Magneto Speed. Um, he is a competitive shooter. He's a dad. He's a veteran. Um what else do you do, bro? Uh, well, uh, Magneto Speed and uh, and matches right now. Um, you know, I, I just finished getting a degree, an associate's degree, last December in Homeland Security and Emergency Management. So congratulations. Up, yeah, thank you. Uh, that took up a fair amount of chunk of time last last year and preceding year and a half. Um, I bet. Yeah, it did. I mean, and it was good for online courses. So you know, dad. Uh, customer service over at Magneto Speed uh, and matches. Uh, that's pretty much it. And then uh, representing some awesome companies um, out in the industry, uh, out at matches. So got a couple other irons in the fire. Uh, I'm playing those cards close to the hand. But other than that, staying busy. Nice. So let's talk about your matches, your, your season. You shoot Precision Rifle Series. You shoot both the bolt gun and the gas gun series, if I'm not mistaken. Last year I did both. Uh, last year was three three seasons in one. Um, it was the 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 club season here in Texas. Um, the the gas gun series, which I ran open division, and then I was split between the the open division and tactical division last year for the bolt gun side. So three concurrent series. Um, Made finales in all three of them. Um, tactical for the bolt gun. Uh, open for the PRS gas gun season. And then, of course, the Texas Texas Club Match Series. So uh, that was last year. This year, I've kind of shifted a little more. Um, not so much gas gun. I just found out that one of the gas gun matches has been canceled in Texas. So that kind of really uh, uh, puts a big big hold on the gas gun match side of it right. so uh, but bolt gun yeah heavy bolt gun i think i'm doing about 13 national two-day level matches this year dude that's insane yeah uh well let's luckily there's five of them in texas so i really <laughs> you got to count that five right that definitely helps five. i can't i can't you know <laughs> um but one of those irons that's in the fire is going to change that. Uh, it's going to change that up for 2019. But uh, I'm not going to let let anyone in on that one yet. Ah, secrets already. Yes. <laughs> that just means we're going to have to have you back on the show. Awesome. <laughs> nice. So yeah. thir 13 matches, all bolt gun. What are you running? Right now, TAC division. Uh, I'm, I'm shooting 308 because I really don't have the time to reload. Um, okay. I'm focusing on, and you, have, you can't fault me on that. I'm focused on coming home and not having to do brass 
prep the minute I come home and, um, and, and spend time with my family. Um, you know, I'm not spending the whole weekend doing, doing brass prep and load development. So, uh, I shoot tactical, I shoot 308 and I shoot for prime ammunition. So, uh, I have the option of going back to open division, uh, shooting six, five or two sixty. Uh, or the upcoming six Creed more, which I will, by the way, hint, hint. Nice. But right now it's 308. I'm, I'm recutting my teeth, um, so to say, because uh, there was a, l- a little period there where I was just wasn't seeing the results that I wanted to see, w- shooting open, shooting six, six five in the in the six Creed more when I was hand loading. So I, you know what? Let's go back. Let's uh, let's. This is a this isn't a short sprint. This is a long development years uh let's shoot some tack let's see how i do this year in tack get to a point where i'm comfortable uh where i'm above 290 in points uh yeah i'm gaming it a little and then i'll switch <laughs> to open um but i'm seeing that i'm doing better better on my win calls with it minus one well, or two matches <laughs> right they, they say if you could master the 308 you can master any other round um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, there's been people that have jumped straight into six, six millimeters and they've done pretty well. Um, uh, I think that's a, I think that's a good, uh, a good mindset. But I think if you start on any caliber or any cartridge and you just get your fundamentals down and you learn from some good people and you pay attention and you don't have too much of an ego, you will be good. Nice. Nice. So, prime ammunition, 308. You're still shooting for Jay Allen. Yep, still using Jay Allen. I, uh, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa's my Lisa's my friend. She's my buddy. Uh, I am going to be shooting Jay Allen for quite a long time. Um, in fact, I just got my fourth Jay Allen in not too long ago. Uh, I'll have all four rifles up and running probably by August. Uh, that's a 223 trainer. Uh, 308, which I'm currently using, 65 Creed, and then the the newest one will be housing the uh, the six Creed more. Very nice, dude. You have more Jay Allens than I have now, and she's my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's been an invest. Like I said, it's a long term relationship with that company and with Lisa that goes all the way back to 2009. So, um. It's kind of like legacy. I, I've been. I ordered a Jay Allen on my second deployment. Didn't get after I got back from my third deployment. Uh, so I invested and I waited and I was patient. And Lisa's rewarded that loyalty. And since then, it's been all go from there. Nice. Yeah, Lisa and Jay Allen. I mean, the entire company over there. They're phenomenal to work with. I remember when I got my first Jay Allen like five years ago. I, I was super excited about it, and ever since then, I, I've um, I've collected one every so often. So, yeah. f- phenomenal platform. Yep, uh, and definitely with the the additions that they're making, and the the re- I wouldn't say revisions, but the the newer there's some things in the pipeline that Jay Allen's taking the feedback, and this is what I like about any companies to take feedback from the end users. They're taking the feedback from the end users and they're making adjustments. Um, goes a long way when a company takes that feedback and does it, I mean, in a timely manner and does it accurately. 
Uh, a company can I take agree. feedback like Remington and sit on it, and then they'll they'll poop out something like the R51 after everyone's been saying, no, don't do that. And that comes from having a disconnect with your customer base. Uh, which brings up a good story about NRA, but we can get into that later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I was supposed to go to NRA, but I was at a NRL match, so I couldn't make it. So we definitely have to catch up on that. Yeah, definitely. I got some got some talking points off the top of my head. Of course, I didn't do any show prep because this was kind of last minute. But so, but I got a good memory. What I'm saying. Well, I, I told you there's not supposed to be any show prep. That's the beauty about the show is we're just two friends having a conversation. I'm drinking a beer. You're hopefully drinking a beer. I got Mad Dog. This might end bad. <laughs> or really good. Or really good. I might not have any sponsors by the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> or we might have a couple of new ones. Oh, maybe. Right? You got <laughs> half full, half exactly. empty. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of companies, you know, taking a look at what the industry is doing and what people want. You know, Magneto Speed also just launched, you know, last year or this year, the T1000 series. Yes. So tell us all about that. Well, um, the, the T1000 goes back about a year and a half, two years. Um, Ivan, you know, he's the chief operations officer, COO. Uh, him and the, the three Padres, as we call them, the, the three owners, and a couple other ideas were bounced around and you know what if we can do that what about this you know those 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 questions that spur innovation so uh i think it was shot show 2016 mm-hmm. at least no 2017 sorry. 17. yeah 2017 we had the prototype on the back of a target and that's when we, we we showed it and we said okay we know what if you could have a target that's out there and you could have a light that's on it that senses the impact. And uh, that's, one, affordable. Two, doesn't suck up a ton of batteries, so you don't have to go back out there and change them every night. And is durable and will last. Uh, and came up with the prototype. We put it on that target it shot. We rang that steel gong a billion times. People, people took pictures, loved it. And that whole year up until just right after Thanksgiving was testing, um, a lot of going to the range, a lot of putting it out there for torture tests, and finally uh, released it right after Thanksgiving, 2017. Yep. I remember going to SHOT Show and you pulling me up, uh, uh, pulling me aside of your booth, and you're like, dude, you got to check this out. And it was right around the same time that we were looking for, um, you know, sponsorships and things of that nature for the NRL. Yeah. And I was like, this is pretty freaking amazing. But to be honest with you, I, I was very skeptical about how it would perform actual under uh, fire, true fire. Yeah. And we took it out and it was at a match. I believe it was in North Carolina. Um <clears throat> And we were using it on some targets. And they lasted all day. They lasted the second day. And then I remember the match director came up and he brought it to me. And he said, you think Ryan's going to be pissed? And he showed me one of your units. And it had a bullet hole through it. And it was still working. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, this thing is yeah. badass. Yeah. Paul, uh, Paul, Paul messaged me and showed me the picture. And I said, I ain't pissed, man. 
it's supposed to take bullet holes. Now, granted, the angle that that one that he showed me was a little extreme, and it it happened to be that the, where the target target oscillated and moved just enough to where it was really close. <laughs> but it still worked. It still worked. He could have put it back out there for a match, and it still would have ran just just as advertised and as it was designed to. And, and you know what the best part about this is is over the past couple of years you've seen different companies come out with hit indicators and there's a couple of them that work really well but they're super expensive there's some that work half the time and there's others that work but don't necessarily have the features that yours have how i mean you guys really put together a package that is ultra affordable and obviously will take a hit. Yeah, the uh, that was it's a, it's always awesome to get a product that has all of the pros, none of the cons. In in theory, in reality, right. there's always going to be a little bit of cons. But I think the T1000, and I mean, yeah, I'm biased about it, but I've seen it go from from prototype to production model. Is honestly the best one out there. It ha- it is. Now, does that mean we're gonna be just resting on our laurels and not make improvements? No, Magneto Speed's not known for doing that. We brought the V1 to market in 2012. And the next thing you know, you have the V2. The next thing you know, you have the the V3, current chronograph model. Right. And then you have the Sporter. So, us resting on our laurels and just saying, "Yep, good enough," that's not in our vocabulary. Um, so. We're not resting on. We're not. We're not stopping with improving that. But as the current, the current system, the current product, it's pretty. It's pretty amazing. It, it's very amazing. I, I have a, a set of a different company's uh, hit, hit indicators, and I won't say who they are because I, I the owners are great guys. But ever since your products come out, I haven't even used my stuff. Match directors don't even want to use it. They want yours. They, they, they want the T1000 for Magneto Speed. And that just speaks volume when you have the demand from a very picky audience. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, the, the, that picky audience is an understatement. And even within that picky audience, there's even more picky audiences. And uh, I, I know where you're going with this. And um, I know there, there are, like I said, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on here and bash other other competitors uh, in the marketplace. It, it's not a cool move. It makes me no, look not at all. Um, but there's pros and cons to all systems out there. Uh, some you can see naked eye very very far away that have standalone lights on the side. That's great. That's the way they made their system. Um, it, intent and application drives ours. Uh, if you want to put a target light and try to have people see it at 3,000 yards, I'll say this. You probably want to go with something a little brighter than the T-1000 unless you are perfect lighting conditions. Now, 2,000 yards, you can see ours. A mile, you can see ours with good spotting scopes. Right. 1,000 yards on an overcast day, naked eye, you can see ours. So um, there's just it, it comes down to your application. Uh, with that, just like everything in the sport, 
Exactly. Anything in this, everything in precision rifle, not even in a sport, is application driven. So, and that's a lot of people, and that's a side conversation we got to have, maybe on this podcast or another. Is the sport precision rifle is just not the sport. There's also the mill and the LE side of it, and right. Uh, we're also trying to cater to that side as well. So, and there is some big differences. Oh, absolutely huge. Huge differences between those camps in mindset and in equipment and application. So I'll leave it at that before I uh, say anything else. (laughs) So let's actually, instead of going into that right this second, let's talk about technology in the sport. Where do you, is that cool? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Where do you think technology is taking the sport in your opinion? In my opinion, I hope it doesn't go towards the stupid-ass tracking point. There, I said I, it. No. <laughs> uh, hey, you know what? The, the the tracking point system, when it came out, I thought it was very unique, but unrealistic, especially at the price point and the way that it functioned for what we're doing. Now there's a handful of companies out there that are developing um, – computer-assisted scopes, uh, things of that nature. What do you think of that? Uh, Too much tracking point? Tracking point's a neighbor here. Um, And I always taught never to poop in my backyard. But you know what? For for what they have advertised and what they have said and what a a lot of their fan base has said is making you a – a sniper automatically or the ultimate precision rifle shooter. Um, it's not going to make you read the wind better. It's not going to make your fundamentals any better. All it is, is it's going to make your, your wallet lighter and it's for rich people. Plain right. and simple. I agree. Now, what they're doing with government and any development and any DARPA type of stuff. I don't know. That's great. On the commercial side of the house, what we see out in the open, cause we're not through the looking glass unless you're working there. Um, I just I hope the the scopes and the optics and the precision rifle industry does not keep pushing towards that. With that said, this NRA um, and I'm not saying that they're going that route, but Sig released their BDX. And I read have, about that. Yeah, it has an app that connects to the to the scope that you can put holdovers in, and it lights up the reticle. Now. Does that give you the range? Does it automatically let you lock and release and, and shoot like tracking point? No, you still have to shoot the weapon. You still yeah. have to aim, have good fundamentals, and call win. So I don't think we're, I don't think the technology is going in a bad direction. I think it's just a good period of, of every, everything being um, explored, such as you know the next one is the Revic optic. Uh, I've seen that out at I've starting to see that at matches. Uh, Jim C yep. took that out. Um, in fact, there was uh, Tyson Brown here in Texas went to a club match with a Revic optic, shot very well with it. But it's still you're still doing the majority of the work, right? Which is where and, where it needs to be. Absolutely, and I'm, I'm actually a perfect case sample of that. Is I shot my first two day national match in Wyoming and I shot the Revic so that I could do a, a proper review of the of the product. And 
although it, it helps you, you know, with certain aspects of range or not range finding, but getting your dope and things of that nature, you still have to do the work. You still have to pull the trigger. You still have to manipulate the weapon. You still have to get into the position. You still have to do the wind calls. You still have to do A all lot. the basic fundamentals. Yeah. I mean, if you look at technology, we're helping ROs now. Hey, ROs don't have to be actually good at seeing the target get impacted. They could just look for a light. And that right. poses problems itself. Oh, the light went off. <clears throat> but if a good RO sees dirt getting kicked up behind the target, he's not going to call impact. That's right. happened already at matches. You I've seen it happen at matches. I don't think it, I don't know if it was with the T1000 or a different product, but I saw a guy shoot a target so fast that they couldn't tell if he hit it twice or the light was continuing to cycle from the first impact. Good point. So the first match, I believe one of the first matches that we tested the T-1000 was at K&M back in 2017. At the, uh, we had them on the, Shannon K put it on the, the 10,000, the 11,000, the 12,000, I think eight, 700 and 800 900. So those five targets all had lights on it. Well, some of it, I didn't know, and I didn't have it set for the, the short duration. They were on long duration, and people were following up shots quick, and the light was still blinking, and then it would stop and, and start over again, and the ROs didn't know how to, to judge that. Right. So um, it became real apparent that we needed to have them on the shortest duration, which is only like 0.75 seconds. Um, still long enough to where the RO can see it, gives enough time for the shooter to, to run that bolt, get another round in and send it and the cycle be over and it not be lighting up. So that was a lesson learned. Um, and I think that was a, there was a, there was a couple shooters who were like, Hey, you gotta, you gotta knock that light duration down. Right. Um, ROs were getting screwed up by it. Uh, we knew not to have the miss indicator. Oh, by the way, if you're not familiar with the T-1000, there is an acoustic sensor that can sense the supersonic crack of the bullet passing by it if you miss the target. Uh, it has to be supersonic. So when we send kits out for matches, the match packs that we have, that's automatically turned off. Um, we don't want match directors turning that on because that will really screw with ROs. <laughs> right? So, hey, the light went off. Impact. No, dummy, you missed a mill off the left. Everybody um, has a perfect score. Yeah, you got a, you got a one hundred. You got a one hundred. Everyone gets a one hundred. Three hundred points for everyone in the standings. Woohoo! <laughs> so that was one of the big things we identified early: is uh, turn turn the misindicator off. And so the match packs go out with ten lights, and they have they're all set up for matches. All you have to do is pull the pull the. Uh, the little the cord, it'll light up, go through its testing period, and it's set on short duration, normal sensitivity. You're ready to go for a match. Easy. So technology, um, I, I think the the advancements. I mean, we're seeing advancements in shooting bags, man. I mean, yet in the short period of time in the past four years, you've had bags go from just looking like pillows to. Uh, Crazy utter with four tits, blam, game changers, mini fortune cookies, doodads, 
you name there's it. There's a ton of them out there. There's a ton of them. So, and that's going to advance as people find different ways to use things and, and, and negotiate the barricades. Um, now, no, with these advancements, though, and all these bags, it's becoming a, a lot more of a gear race. Uh, yes and no. And here's the reason why I say that. Yes and no. Because you could go to a match, and on the NRL side of the house, caliber the, the caliber and cartridge race is, isn't doesn't that fly to you guys. You, right. you, you said, come as you are. So a three-way can go up against a 6.5. A six-dasher can go up against a, a 260. A, a, you know, someone running a production rig can go up against someone running tactical, uh, a 308 setup. It, it's, it's, that's awesome. There's no differentiation between that. And, that. and that's how you guys run it, and that's great. So that, that takes the gaming out of that. Right. Uh, here's your... Here's your your minimum or your, your maximum muzzle velocity and your maximum caliber restrictions go. Cool. People like that. Less rules. Other people like divisions because they want to compete in certain divisions against people or themselves or they got duty weapons. Got it. So PRS does the divisions. Um, their gas guns even had more divisions and they knocked it down to two this year. They had three last year. So I get that too. It's just a, it's a different way to, to, to run it. That's Just a great. different flavor cake. Different flavor cake, exactly. Some people want vanilla. People want pecan. I say pecan. Don't. I'm a Yankee, and other people <laughs> want freaking chocolate. I like chocolate. There. <laughs> there you go. Um, so it, it's the, the the technology race. Um, even in optics, regular optics, you got scopes that are getting better glass. You got rings that are doing better. I mean. Data bar, data card holders that are you could, you know, hook up to your Android. It's gear race, yes, but yeah, nothing's gonna make you call win better and less experience. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how stable your rifle is, if you can't call wind and you can't find what the wind is downrange and call it good, you're still gonna miss the target. Agreed. And I think that's where the last the last barrier is before we reach a, a whoa, too much technology in the sport is it still requires the shooter to call wind downrange and pull the trigger on their own. And I'm glad tracking point is banned. <laughs> I don't think it's fast enough yet. No, it isn't. Uh, I'll be honest with you. Uh, Kelly Savarstard, who used to be a Texas shooter, he's, over, he's up in Colorado doing his Army thing. Um, him and I used to go to Best of the West here in Texas, um, tracking points down the road in Pflugerville. And some of their staff would go and test weapons, and they'd have some customers that would go Best of the West to, to zero. And, you know, there was some old guy out there, probably has a wallet ten times heavier than I am, which is pretty heavy. And, um, oh, I could beat anyone with this rifle. Okay, cool. Kelly put up a little course of fire. I took my my six Creedmoor and smoked targets with holdovers before he was even off his second target. Went all the way out two rounds, all the way back in two rounds with just holdovers, not touching. Had a, had the middle range dialed and just did holdovers and hold unders. Said, "There you go, buddy. You're as quick yep. as, as quick as I am." 
it, the system's not quick at all. It's actually very slow. It is. It's. I mean, for a competition for a sport, it's absolutely too slow. But you know, it was the first of its kind to be put out like that. So who knows where it'll go? Exactly. It's good for smoking animals, though. Man, I see a bunch of hunters, Dallas Safari Club videos, left and right. Guys yeah, that's a whole other world, man. Hunters and rich safari dudes smoking animals left and right with that thing. So there you go. Yep. Uh, all right, let's get away from track. track <laughs> let's. So, yeah. what's new? What's new with you for this season? What's what? You said thirteen matches. Um, yeah, five in Texas. Where else are you headed the rest of the year? Uh, so next weekend's K&M in Tennessee. Um, Finger, Tennessee, K&M, Shannon Kay's place. Yep. Um, looks like we're all going to need kayaks and floaties because it's another precision rain series match. <laughs> That's uh, what I heard. Hey, you know, NRL, no rain league. You guys haven't seen rain in one, you've only had one rain match. So, you know, even our rain match wasn't really rain. I mean, it rained for okay. a little bit. So NRL stands for No Rain League. There you there go. There you go. But every single one of our matches, we've always seen 20-plus mile-per-hour gusts, even in North Carolina. Okay, you got wind. We got wind. No Rain, no rain League. No Rain League. Yes, Precision, we are the no rain league. Precision and I have rain no problem with that. Precision rain series. Uh, I mean, half the matches I've been to this year already have been been rain matches. Um, the last one was Spear Point up in, up in Kansas, and it was it was a mud fest. Not as bad from what I heard. It was last year. Last year I heard it was horrible. This year it was still muddy, but not as bad. Um, and that was a field match, and that kicked my butt man um talk about getting your your ass handed to you and it wasn't so much the the shooters it was it was a lot of me first yeah just (laughs) 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 and then um after that it was uh uh texas matches and then uh yeah so anyways K&M, and then I have a weekend break, and then I head up to Iowa to the Vortex Rampage. Nice. Yep, that's a, that's my longest match. I'm driving that one. I usually fly anything 12 hours or more, but I'm driving up. Uh, and Jim C's doing it old school, uh, kind of like how Jacob Bynum does. There's going to be no train-up day. Uh, Good. You get, up there, you get up there at 3 o'clock, sign-ins at 3 o'clock, the zero range is open from 3 to 6, and that's it. No going shooting off barricades, no practicing, nothing. Uh, because the course of fire that's already set out there, it, the targets that already set out there are the course of fire. So he's not going to let that go. So that's going to be good. Uh, I like that. I'm used to that from the rifles only. Uh, just getting zero, making sure the, the zero is good and not double thinking or or you know, getting in your head, oh, something's wrong, I need to go back to the zero line. No, my zero's good. I'm good. Let me go look at the matchbook. Call it a night. So, going back, looking at your matchbook, you you got your zero. What do you do, if anything, to prep for a match the night before? Drink. (laughs) (laughs) I 
Not that much. <laughs> no, actually, I gotta get my cards, man. I gotta get the cards. Hashtag fill out my cards. Uh, inside joke between some of the prime shooters is I get my matchbook. I have to fill out all my little cards. My because I run Geoballistics. Right. Um, so I got to get all my stages prepped in the phone, and then I have to get all my cards written out with the ranges, and then I put them in my little bag in my, my, my little book for the match, and then that's it. So hashtag get my cards done, and then have some alcohol to calm the nerves. Not too much, maybe. <laughs> so there's a story there. Tell us that experience, man. Which one? Me Too much to drink that? and you show up at the range. <laughs> uh, it's been a while. Well, the best one was the Vegas match 2016 when Tino Rodriguez gets hammered and we're all watching him get drunk at the bar Friday and Saturday night. That was hilarious. <laughs> Tino's oh. a crack up. Oh, yeah, he's a crack up. I know. He, Bunch yeah, of you, can't, you can't help but smile when he's around. Yeah, um... But, and then uh, Regina's dead set of why I didn't do good at or didn't win tactical at Lone Survivors because I sat at the Holiday Inn bar and had too many and dropped nine points behind the leader. Um, that's debatable. I didn't get too hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's all perspective, right? It all It is all perspective. I, I wasn't that bad. I think the worst I've ever gotten before a match was actually a club match at, at – at rifles only when I was down with the whole South Texas crew and we went out Saturday night and then all decided to like shoot a match the next day. And I forgot to bring 10 round mags. So I was running five round mags. My, uh, yeah, my, uh, cheek riser on my Jay Allen somehow had come loose. So it wouldn't work. So I didn't have a cheek riser and I had data issues and had to do a lot of, uh, (laughs) milling. (laughs) so matches can be fun they Um, can and just a quick disclaimer for everybody who's listening that doesn't know us we we like to drink we like to hang out but we're not a bunch of alcoholics we don't get to see each other but you know a handful of times every year at these matches so we want to go out in the evenings have a nice meal have a few cocktails and catch up but yeah we're not out there closing bars down most of the time. Maybe you. <laughs> Maybe you. <laughs> Not- but I, but to, to my defense, I don't shoot, you know, any of these matches. I know. <laughs> you know, my, my camera is a lot less dangerous for the most part than, than your rifles. Yeah, that is true. Uh, there is, uh, uh, we, we joke about it, that there is, there is a level of responsibility saying, oh, time to go, enough's enough. And down two bottles of PD light and go to bed for four hours or five hours. So um, that's the that's the skinny on that. Um, right. <laughs> but matches are in from a business standpoint, from a networking standpoint. If you're in the industry or wanting to get in the firearms industry, or you're looking for jobs, or you're a rep for a company. It's actually very beneficial for you to show up at a match. Agreed 100%. Either shoot it, RO it, or have your vendors tent up. Uh, And I've done all three of those. So a vendor's tent, a table, um, ROing a match, 
having stuff on the prize table and then also shooting it. So it, it's, it all works out and it has paid dividends. Um, hopefully, uh, it's paid, it's paid its dues for magneto speed and, and giving some good exposure for magneto speed and other companies. And I've seen other reps at, at matches. It gives you the ability to say, Hey man, uh, I got a question on this or, Hey, what's new with what, what's going on? What's now? How, how do you work this? I can't figure this out. And you're right there. Um, you know, now, and that's priceless. That, yeah, it, it's, and it does play into customer service a little bit. So it's good for companies to be have reps out there at matches. No, I, uh, I agree one hundred percent. So companies, the companies that don't support the sport, there's some out there that are still very well known precision rifle companies, or they're starting to become well known. They just haven't pushed into the competition side of it. They're more focused on the mill and LE side of it. So. Right. Um, and I'll say it, Magpul's one of them. Magpul's making this big push into the into the precision rifle. I mean, they've always had the AR accessories, and but now they have a, a, a chassis. Now they have bipods. Now they have ARCA rails. So it's like, whoa, okay, these guys are making a push into it. Um, let's see where this goes. Okay, so n- no holding back, honest opinion. What do you think of their chassis? Did you check it out? I'm assuming you have. Yes, I have. And? Um, the At NRA and at SHOT Show, uh, and I've spoken to Dwayne Liptak and Chris McRae numerous times on it, including um, a couple of other production managers. Uh, it is a good, lightweight chassis. Uh, they have Arker on it, so if anyone's saying, well... They don't have Arca Rail on it. Cool your, cool your Roger Ramjets. They have Arca Rails now. Um, they're, of course, M-Lock. I mean, Magpul's known for M-Lock. So right. you have the different options. Uh, and it is it is lightweight. It And I don't know the exact poundage on it. Um, it's got a folding stock. It's got adjustable length of pull and adjustable cheek. So And it's set up for a Remington 700 blueprint. And it's ambidextrous. You could switch left to right, if I'm not mistaken. The, I believe so. Yeah, I don't. I don't know on that one. But okay. they also came out with the bipod, and the bipod made news because they're pushing that out at 110 MSRP. That's the initial price point. That's that's cheaper than an Atlas, just a tad over a Harris. Yeah, straight Harris. Not any Harris's with the bells and whistles and the doodads. So. You're looking at another option. Uh, I mean, you, there are there are and not not to cap on John Patton from the Gun Collective. He said there's not a lot of options. There's a there are a lot of options for bipods if you look. Okay, you have Agreed. you have Atlas, you have Harris, you now have um, Magpul, you have in smaller companies that make bipods, Psych, uh, the Psych Pod. Right. Um, you got. Uh, I mean. Now Modular Revolution and a handful of others. There you go. There you go. You're helping me out here. I'm drawing blanks. I'm saying there's a lot. <laughs> the mind's just going blank. <laughs> there, there are a lot of options for bipods. And if you really want to get cheapo, you can go get a green blob and be a douche. Right. So, <laughs> sorry. I don't like the green blobs or any company, <laughs> no, no, no. company that rips off our American company. Um, 
So not not a big fan of the green blob. So I I don't blame you, brother. Yeah. Um. I mean, so there are options out there, and not holding back. Uh, I again, this is their first the first generation. I'm always skeptical of the the first run or the first gen of anything. Because it's the first one out the gate. Right. Madpool known for making revisions and and continuously making improvements on their products. So it's gonna be interesting what you see in a year if there's any improvements made. And again, this one even hasn't even hit the shelves yet. So let's give it time. Let's see. Um, it hasn't hit shelves yet. It hasn't been on any prize tables yet. It hasn't been in any matches. They're really I. In this is my opinion, they're pushing that to a different market other than the competition side of it. They're looking at the duty side of it because that's a lot of where their customer base is at. Is very the duty. true. So um, let let it bleed over and let it let it give it time. Uh, I know everyone wants to go out the gate and bash products once they come out. I've done it. I'm guilty. We're all guilty. Well, that's stupid. Three hundred dollars for a charging handle that has serrations in it for gas porting. Two years later, I'm using that same charging handle on my gas gun for gas gun matches. So, you know, take the bashing with a, a grain of salt and, and move on. See, but, uh, personally, I'm very excited to see all of these new companies heading towards pr the precision rifle market. You know, I want all of them to be successful because I want the sport and I want the industry to grow. But you do see some products where... You know, we've been approached by certain companies where we just scratch our head and like, this makes no sense. We don't see a viable option for it. But then we try to help them develop a product that would make sense. Um, yeah. And I, I think Magpul has a ton of experience, you, you know, um, on the civilian law enforcement um, military side. And I'm excited to get one in my hands and try it out because... You know, who knows? Like you said, it could be that the next best thing, but unless we give it a fair shot, yeah, what's the point? Shake. You gotta give it a fair shake, and you, you, and it's hard because everyone is set in their ways and their biases. Uh, and you know, I'll I'll be very blunt. Like when the Gunworks, when I I forget who posted the Gunworks one, I was like, ah, oh, that looks like a friggin' crap Angel Pro Mag type chassis here it's a gunworks and gunworks actually puts out a lot of decent stuff and i'm like ah i just put my foot in my mouth haha -ha, i'm ryan hey <laughs> and i think austin overman and jim c were in that discussion i'm like oh i sound like a dumbass <laughs> um, hey, we're all guilty of it sometimes we are all guilty of it sometimes and um the gunworks puts out some great things oh by the way congrats to phil vallejo for taking position up there yes congrats philip Yep. So, I was actually uh, talking to him. He was Skyping me earlier today from his uh, his new house and showing me his uh, new setup for his loadout room and reloading and trophy wall and the whole nines. And so he's uh, he's settling in up there. Good. Good for him. Yes, sir. It's good. It's good. Um, yeah, they put out. I mean, they're they they got a good line of products they have a good mindset and so but i think uh everyone everyone's in their biases and you know not to harp on it too much but man when i released when i 
and I posted that, and that thread blew up. My God, and I get it. I get that there are certain chassis companies that have been around a while. I get that there are certain people that want that need to defend their products because there is a bottom line to, to take after. But uh, the market is big, the market is wide, and it, precision rifles just not in the competition world. Uh, and when I say that, I've seen some chassis from the competition that are having the competition being used in, example, the USOC sniper match. Right. There was MPA chassis there. I've seen I've seen MPAs at F class matches. I've seen AIs at F class matches. I have seen all kinds of stuff in different applications for precision rifle. So it just goes down to you know give things a fair shake. Um, let's try to all play along and not say that I I invented dirt and my chassis is the best thing. When there were other chassis in the market before your company was even doing chassis, I think that needs to be noted. Um, and, you know, we all need to sometimes take a step back and be nice. Agree. I know that's hard pill coming from me because I am Mr. Controversial. Controversial. But sometimes we just need to be nice. This is true. So speaking and, of nice, who's your favorite yeah. gun bunny? <laughs> Here we go. Oh, you don't have to answer that, bro. Re- Regina and a couple people know this. Bree, Bree Velocity 65. I don't even know who the hell that is. Oh, you'll find out soon enough. <laughs> Bree, Bree Velocity 65. And 65 is in the age. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, favorite yeah. product that you saw at NRA? What was that? Favorite product you saw at NRA? Favorite product I saw at NRA? Uh, Magneto Speed T1000. No, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Bias. <laughs> Give me a raise. <laughs> uh, favorite product I saw at NRA? Um, well... Let me start reversing that. Favorite product that could probably do good if it was if it gets some revision is the Remington PCR. Okay. And the reason why I bring that up is Remington, we already talked about it, not listening to their customer feedback. I walked up right into the Remington booth on Saturday. Went right up to one of their their product design guys after one of their celebrity three gun guys in Jersey was doing his little speech on how great this thing is and it's going to take over the world. And I told him, no, your rifle and that chassis is not going to take over the world. One, you have whatever AAC mounting system that no one knows of is on the handguard. You're still using key mod uh, as another option, which I'm sorry, I don't like key mod. I got rid of shelving units a long time ago. Um, But I told him, and I gave him a list of stuff, and he's like, you know, you guys know your market space, so you're trying to break into the competition side? And he's like, yes. I'm like, you're not going to break into the competition world with that chassis, not the way it's designed. Uh, Do you know about Arca Rails? Do you know about this? Do you know about, you know, doing this? Uh, Accepting these types of magazines, you know, AWs, Arc, uh, American Rifle Company magazines. Uh, What do you guys 
plans for doing calibers such as, you know, six millimeter, six Creed more, six five Creed more. They have a six five Creed out finally, you know, the, the things like that. If you're wanting to break into the, the competition market, you need to go to competitions and ask what everyone's running. Right. Um, not putting on a proprietary mounting system that no one knows. AAC has some crazy mounting system that looks like a triangle with a dildo on top. And <laughs> it does, man. It looks like some big wedged pyramid with a dildo on top. I'm like, what mounting system is that? And the guy, like, he, like, sunk his eyes down and went, it's AACs. And I'm like, well, that's super, super stupid. I mean, that's not, like, even uber stupid. That's, like, Superman stupid, man. <laughs> right. Like, Clark, Clark Kent pulling off his freaking glasses and going, I'm stupid. Just, <laughs> no one uses that. No one uses that. Well, AAC uses it. Well, that's great. Tell me how relevant AAC's been in the last three or four years. Right. Kevin Brittingham, if he was dead, would be rolling over in his grave. <clears throat> cough, cough, cue, <laughs> the fix. There's my... Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here all night. There you go. I mean, Kevin took in Revolution, I, and if you haven't touched the, the fix by, by Q, by Kevin Brittingham, that rifle was pretty damn sweet. Lightweight, from what I heard, it's accurate. It's got a really revolutionized bolt throw. Uh, it's not your traditional, you know, Remington 700 bolt. So he took some design features and, and made them better. But Remington, man, you, sorry, you, it has potential. And that's why I went up to the booth and talked to him about it because they have a good entry level rifle. But again, Remington's missing the mark. Right. Um, they're not even in the shit. John Patton, they're not even in the struggle bus. They're in, they're quagmired in the swamp thinking <laughs> on that one. Yeah. No. Okay. Moving on. Um, favorite product. Uh, I had black rifle coffee company. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> don't drink coffee. Don't care. Okay. Um, the, the SIG BDX I, I thought was cool. Uh, it, it doesn't bring in too much technology, but yet it's going to assist. And with that, for those not tracking the military side of the house, I know we talk a lot about the competition sport. Travis, you talk about it a lot. You're invested right. in it a lot. But the Army has accepted or chosen for their SDM, and for those not knowing what SDM is, SDM is Squad Designated Marksman. That is the bridge between the regular infantry grunt trooper on the ground and basic rifle marksmanship. And the sniper, so it bridges the gap uh, in terms of distance and experience and skill set between the regular soldier and the sniper. Okay. So they chose in the Sig Tango one to six uh, for their SDM rifles. Nice. So yeah, I was kind of. Surprising. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's that's going to help Sig out a little. And then on top of that, you have the BDX. So SIG is branching with their electronics department. And then, of course, you got the, the SIG contract with the handguns for the Army right. uh, and everything on that. And then, of course, uh, another thing that was swirling around the, the airwaves at NRA was SOCOM being SOCOM adopting the 6.5 Creedmoor. Uh, now, SOCOM hasn't, SOCOM, Special Operations Command, U.S. Special right. Operations Command, 
they're not getting rid of their 308s. They're not getting rid of their 300 win max. They're just adopting 6.5 Crete to supplement to give them another tool in the toolbox. So you're going to have the ability to have a 308, 6.5 Creed, 300 Win Mag, and if my knowledge serves me right and someone can message me after the show airs, 300 Norma Mag. So Really? Yes. Then you have the 50 Cal, of course, because Barrett's not going to ever give that contract up. In right. So you have all those calibers that you know the SOCOM guys can, can use. Uh, so they're not, but what's really kind of scratches my head, and maybe because I don't know all the details, Department of Homeland Security, DHS, you know, the guys that, you know, run the TSA, right. um, they're adopting the 6.5 Creed. Now, for the uninitiated, the average law enforcement, which is federal and, 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 and local, most of their engagements for precision rifle don't go over 200 yards. Right. Exactly. I think it's They're like all... 175 or something like that. Exactly. Um, it, there is no discernible difference, maybe a tenth or two tenths mil difference between the 6.5 Creed and the 308, 400, 450 yards in to 10 yards. There is, it, that's, it, it's, I, I've tested it. I've tested with different loads, different velocities. I've ran it on JBM. There's just, and I even penned, my final project was a ballistics comparison between 260, 308, and 6.5 Creedmoor using 10 different bullets at 10 different velocities, and there was no more than two tenths mil difference between all of those out to 450 yards. So why is the domestic major law enforcement going to 6.5? Going to 6.5 Creedmoor. I'm shaking my head on this one. Um... 308, there are 10 times more bullet and projectile selections for the 308 for barrier-defeating projectiles than the 6.5. So unless unless this is another case of they're just adding them to the, the arsenal to give options for open-air long distance, replacing the 308 is stupid. I'm, I, I'm scratching my head on it. And even, even guys in the tactical side of the house – that are the trainers, instructors, and the defensive side of it, and Mill Ali are like, uh, okay, what's going on? There has to be something else. Right. And, um, and that's that was another big news around that was going around NRA. Uh, I still haven't given you my favorite product. Damn. You still haven't. You, you keep beating around the bush. Yeah, okay. Uh, favorite product release. I, I'm going to have to go with the a home team here, man. Uh, Prime 6mm Creedmoor. Okay. You know, I got to go with the Prime 6mm Creedmoor. There's only... Hornady's the only one that has factory 6 Creedmoor on the market right now. So for another company to come in and say, Hi, Hornady. Uh, no, you're not going to be the only kid on the block. Um, and of course, I'm being biased. I'm sponsored by Prime. I love I love Principal Oshag, Hennessy, and John, and the whole crew there. Great guys. Uh, huh? Great guys. They're great guys. Jan needs a raise. Jan's the shipping guy. Give him a raise. Hashtag <laughs> needs a raise. He's actually a very cool cat. I've met him in Vegas a couple of times where he actually delivered ammo to our, our firing line at the range for us. I'm just saying, man. He's a, he's a saint. Yeah, he's a badass. I make it. I make it. I make an order, and like five minutes later, I want to text him like, "D, you need to hook me up with 19 FK. That's my lot. 
That's my 308 lot. Yes, I stick I stick to one lot of 308. Smart and he's man. like, gotcha, homie. Next thing you know, I see a picture of my order with 19FK lot going out. And this last time, he sent, like, no more 19FK. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Well, you know, it's just there's really no difference between lots, mostly. And then he texts us back. Found you a whole pallet of 19FK, and it was like all my worries <laughs> went away. You could have nice. called me and told me Magneto Speed was the worst company on earth. I'd have been like, hey, dude, 19FK, have a good day. There you go. <laughs> Nothing beats better. Nothing is better than good customer service. Yes. Uh, and I in I try to be uh, every day. I try to be good. I try to help people out. Uh, and you know what? 99.5% of my phone calls are always positive. I, It's been a while since I had a bad one. And watch, probably tomorrow I'll have the worst <laughs> customer call because I said that. You have like two or three of them in a row. Yeah, I will. I'll be, and, and some days I get to work from home, and tomorrow I'm working from home because I can do everything remote now. And I'm going to be like, no! <laughs> The family's gonna be like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" They're they're gonna be out most of the day tomorrow. Good, so nice. I won't throw anything. Uh, but no, I I actually love. I am a people person. I love customer service. I love talking to people. I love hearing customers talk about what they do. Um, but there we go off the beaten trap trail again. Back to six millimeter creed. <laughs> well, okay, so back to six. Yeah, they're from uh, and. I wasn't at NRA, so I don't know. But from what I understand right now, they're just taking pre-orders. When do they actually plan to release it? So, from my knowledge, you can't quote me on it, it's probably going to be towards middle end of summer. So, okay. pre-orders right now, you you don't get charged. You don't get charged shipping until it ships. Um, so, if you want to make your pre-order, you get your pre-order in. You will not be charged. Um, until the actual product ships. Um, that's nice. Yeah, that's what I'm getting from John. And that's actually, that's a smart move. It's so smart because I've seen companies do the exact opposite of that and it tank them. Oh, we're going to have this great product that's going to come out. And um, yeah, and they don't foresee any vendor issues. They don't foresee or, or forecast any, they don't expect any, any problems. And then all of a sudden problems hit. And your company goes because, hey, where's my money? Hey, I want a refund. Hey, it's been six months since I've gotten my rifle. Right. I've been down this path with an AR company I used to work for. And it went under because they took money on deposits to fund the rest of the company and keep it going. It's not how you do business. It's not how you run your company. So unless you want to tank your company. Unless you want to tank your company. John and Jim are smart guys. And they made a great decision not to start charging. And so pre-orders have been coming in left and right. Uh, I'm not privy to how much and how much has already been ordered. That's that's a question for John if he wants to answer that. Get him right. on the podcast. He's busy down in Tampa getting drenched right now at Sofic. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it, it's good because that gives another option. Uh, on the competition side, I mean, you can hunt with six breed more. And then on the competition side, it's gonna it's gonna give another option for for competitors to buy a, a factory gun. You can go out and get a Ruger six millimeter Creed more, slap prime in there, and off you go. Uh, I'm gonna build a I'm going with a custom gun. 
uh, just because I have a Defiance action laying around, and I'm getting probably six different barrels. I got six barrels total, three more on the way. So I'm good for nice. a seat. Yeah. I'm good it for sounds like you're solid, brother. I'm, I'm solid. I just need to get the ammo, man. <laughs> get the ammo. And hopefully it'll be here by the end of summer. Yep. So um, the, the six Creed more, the talk to the guys at Remington about their PCR and hopefully they make some improvements. And I've been actually in email conversation with that same guy, giving him links to companies um, that make supplemental stuff for, for precision rifles um, to give him some ideas. Um, the Magpul, the, the Magpul pro 700, the chassis, the bipod, um, and if you're into the tactical side of house, their suppressor cover, their that crazy suppressor cover they got going on to, to keep, you know, suppressors cool down is pretty pretty wild. Huh. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it's I only glanced at it. I mean, I'm not in the, the running gun door kicking side of things anymore. Um, but it looks it looks like it's doing it's gonna do a good job to help keep the, the heat off, abate the heat. Uh, it's not direct contact suppressor cover. It allows the, the can to cool off with some air flow through it. So Nice. Uh, that and um, a lot of people still still asking about the what's going on with the two two four Valkyrie. And I mean I'm just seeing a lot, and this is just my observation, I'm seeing a lot of people have inconsistencies with uh, the two two four Valkyrie and the AR platform. And I don't know whether it's a bullet, bullet weight, bullet design issue. Uh, I think you know, other people have addressed it, or Jim Gillen and, and Federal um, are addressing the issue. But we got a savage MSR in to the shop. Ivan went out and, and, and got that off fit, and it was okay ES and SDs. I'm not going to say it was crappy, but I say it was okay. And I just don't know where that is going to fit in. There's like that's a big question mark. Uh, but again, if anything's marketed right, it'll catch on. Look at six five Creed. It only took five six years. <laughs> right. Um, and there's a lot of people surprised. Oh my God, it's a hipster round. Yes. Hey, guess what? The six five Creed's been around since 2009, guy, and people were using it for a lot longer than you were on the internet. So. Uh, I love the bashing. I get involved in that. One oh. bottle of Mad Dog halfway done. There you go. You're always up for a uh, a good conversation. Always down for a beer. And uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you, brother. We've uh, just about run out of time. We've already been chatting away for over an hour. Um, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not. Um, and I haven't even started my... Uh, I have like 500 cases... Sitting in the, uh, I don't say 500, but I have a ton of cases sitting in the annealer and I didn't even fire it up. <laughs> it would have been done by now. Damn. It would have been done by now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, uh, hey, this was this was good, man. This wasn't like a scripted uh, advertisement thing that I'm, you, no show prep uh, off the top. I love it. We need to do yeah, more. You know, I just, I, I, I want to keep it fresh. I want to keep it real so that. People get to know who we are, you know, the shooters, the sponsors, the manufacturers, the guys right. behind the scenes. 
You can you know. call me and get to know me real well. 512-284-8161, extension Uno. There you go. There you go, brother. I'm not giving you my cell phone number. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll post it after the show. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. All right, man. I, I love you. It's been a pleasure. We're definitely going to get you back on the show. And uh, you send my love to the family. You guys have a great night. Likewise. And I uh, will talk to you soon. Yeah, good luck at the matches, man. I, oh, by the way, um, uh, Paul Smith, he's got a nice package going to him for that match. And then uh, Justin awesome. Watts, uh, Army buddy of mine, he's, yep. got a, he's got stuff going to him for Silent Night. It's going to be a good match. Yep. I'm then, actually shooting that match. Are you? Nobody knows. No, no, I, well, now people know. But the only person that knew I was shooting the match was jo- uh, Justin. But I'm mm-hmm. going to shoot that match. Outstanding, man. I still not have been up there. It's only five hours away, and I haven't made it up there. Justin's like, "Hey, hey, way to be, way to be Blue Falcon, man. Way to, right? way to, way to support the home team." Five hours, like, bro. I'm like got like a 24 hour drive. I, dude, you're driving like across the country, then back over to the country, and then back up top to the country. You're zigzagging <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> no, you're racking in more miles than I am, dude. Which is hard to believe. I know. All right, brother. I'm going to get some All rest. Right, it's been a, a great time. I appreciate it. I will uh, be talking to you soon. Yeah, I'll chat with you soon, man. It's awesome. Take care. You too.